Were you glad to be here this morning? Say amen. amen. All right, fantastic. If you have your Bibles, look with us to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, we'll be back to Jonah chapter number one. Jonah chapter 1, and if you would this morning, if you're able, stand with us for the reading of God's Word. We'll read the first, uh, or just about five verses here, but Jonah chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 5. I do want to say this morning that with our uh, kids going back to school, let's be in prayer for them as I mentioned earlier, and, but I want to encourage you, uh, parents, to have your children in Sunday school as well. And it is important for them to not only get an education uh, in uh, society, but also it's important for them to have an education with the things of God. Too often, I think, and for too long, I'm going to say something that's a little bit controversial this morning. And I don't like to be controversial, but I don't shy away from it either if need be. Um, but for too often, I think the, the church has went back and we have blamed many of our issues within church and society on prayer being thrown out of school. Now, I want to say this morning that I wish prayer was back in our schools, all right? I'm not saying that I don't. It is important. But I honestly believe the issue is not that the Bible and prayer was kicked out of schools. The real issue is that prayer in the Bible has been neglected in the home. And if prayer and Bible reading is important in your home to your children, um, that'll go a whole lot further than someone just praying before the start of the day at school. And so I encourage you Christians, believers, make God a priority in your home. And if we'll get back as families, as parents, to teaching our children how to pray, how to read the Bible, how to have a relationship with God, we'll get a whole lot further than we will just complaining that the school's not doing it. And if our homes will do it, we'll be in good shape. So I, want, I encourage you, parents, and you don't just drop your kids off for Sunday school. You come and be a part of it as well. And I don't know, you might say, well, Pastor, I don't know if there's a class for me. I promise you there's a class for you. And if not, we'll find one. And so, that, so we want you to be in Sunday school. And it's a great time to learn God's Word. Well, Jonah chapter 1 this morning, I'm going to read beginning in verse number 5, and read down through verse number 10. Jonah chapter 1, verse number 5, the Bible says, And the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us, and that we perish not. And they said every uh, one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for uh, whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. 
then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that for the next few minutes, Lord, you may speak to our hearts through your word. Lord, there are trials and storms that each of us will face, Lord, this week and in our own lives. And God, may we learn from the storm here that these mariners are facing. And Lord, may you equip us and prepare us for the trials and the tasks that lay before us. Father, we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This morning, I want to look at lessons from the storm. And as we uh, look at this study through uh, Jonah, there is a storm that the mariners in Jonah are about to face upon the sea. And we find that these storms come in our life and how we handle these storms can be very impactful in our life and how our testimony is portrayed to those who are watching us. I encourage you to come back tonight. Tonight we're going to look at and deal with the subject matter of discouragement. And I don't know about you, but I have battled discouragement in my life. And if you are honest, you probably have as well. But this morning I want to look at the subject matter of uh, storms that we faced. And the first thing I want to look at here in verse number 5 is the courage of the complacent. The courage of the complacent. In verse number 5, we find that this storm, God has sent a mighty storm to rile the ship that Jonah's on because Jonah is running from God. And in verse number 5, what we find is that the mariners, the Bible says, were afraid and they began to cast their wares overboard. They began to cast uh, the goods off the ship. But the Bible says that Jonah had went down into the, uh, the bottom of the ship. Uh, literally, uh, when we read this, he has gone down to the belly, to the depths of the ship. And the Bible says that he is, uh, he's laid down and he's sleeping. He is sleeping. I mean, that's pretty impressive to be able to sleep through a storm. Any of you wish you could sleep that good at night? Uh, sometimes it seems like sleep is hard to come by. Yet here we find there is a major storm that is, uh, that is throwing the ship. And the Bible we looked at last week, the Bible says that the ship is literally on the verge of breaking. And the mariners are in panic mode. Now, I don't know about you. I've been on airplanes, and, and I've never been on a ship that was in grave danger. But I've been on airplanes that uh, hit some uh, serious turbulence. Now, most planes hit a little bit of turbulence, and that don't really bother me any. Uh, but I remember back in uh, 97, I was on a plane with my dad on Kenyan Airways. We were flying from uh, uh, Kenya over to uh, Entebbe, Uganda. And on that plane, now the plane was half dilapidated. Literally, there was rust holes in the floor, and you could look down and see the luggage below your feet. And some of the overhead compartments were a little loose. And, and this plane already had us on uh, our nerves on edge. 
And we were flying there, going across Lake Victoria, uh, the edge of the Lake Victoria. And as we were going across it, we hit some major turbulence, and the plane dropped uh, what felt like out of the sky, but it was probably a few hundred feet. But it was enough that it shook the overhead compartments, and half of them broke and fell down. Luggage fell out. The oxygen mask dropped, and we were petrified. I'll tell you what made us nervous. It wasn't even so much that the plane had, had major turbulence, but the stewardess began to scream. And when the professionals get concerned, it's time to panic. Here we find in Jonah that they're on the board, and these professional seamen that are, they, they live upon the water, and they began to get concerned so much that they began to grab their goods, and they chunked them overboard trying to lighten the ship. When the professionals panic, it's time to get concerned. And yet here we find that Jonah was asleep. But the sailors were fearful. Five-year-old Johnny was in the kitchen, and his mother made supper. She asked him to go to the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup, but he didn't want to go it alone. And he said, it's dark in there, and I'm scared. She again uh, persisted and finally said, it's okay, uh, little Johnny. Jesus is uh, with you, and Jesus will be in there. It's okay. Little Johnny sheepishly began to walk over to the pantry, which he opened the door and cracked in. And when he looked inside, he saw the blackness of the pantry. Fear got hold of his heart. And he said, Jesus, if you're in there, hand me the tomatoes. <laughs> Fear in our heart. The sailors were fearful. We will find from Scripture that they did not know the God of Jonah, but the Bible says every man began to pray to his own God. They were fearful. They knew that these circumstances were out of their control. I also want to look at this this morning, is that the sailors, they were afraid, but also we find that when they became fearful, they began to throw the goods overboard. Now, more than likely, these sailors, they probably carried, they transported goods back and forth. This was their livelihood. This is what they were commissioned to carry. And the Bible says they began to throw it overboard. I found something about storms in my life, trials, problems, heartache, is that the trials of life and these storms of life, they have a way of letting us know what's really important. Fear can focus our priorities. Often we look at fear as a bad thing. This morning I want you to know that if we allow fear to control our hearts, it can be a bad thing. But fear in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's an emotion that God gave us. Fear of heights may keep you from the edge of a cliff. It's a good thing. Fear of getting hit by a truck keeps me from going jogging down 75. Well, that and being out of shape. <laughs> fear is not always a bad thing. 
Fear can work in our heart to bring us to a place where we begin to focus on what really matters. And although I'm sure these, uh, these uh, seamen would do whatever it took to protect their load, they came to a place where they realized that the, the goods upon that boat were no longer that important. It clarified their priorities. But not only do we see that the... the the fear of the sailors of the sailors fear but second of all we see jonah's isolation while the storm were, uh, was brewing and the men were afraid jonah was sleeping interestingly here the bible says that these men began to pray to their god and when they prayed to their gods with a little g they began to grab their goods and throw them overboard they prayed and immediately they went into action in stark contrast god had called out to jonah and jonah went to sleep They followed their desperate prayer with desperate actions. Yet we find that Jonah was so isolated from God. He was so far that he was trying to hide from God that he said, I'm not even concerned with what's going on around me. Jonah, because of the storm in his life, although in this situation, Jonah had brought the storm or God had brought the storm because of Jonah's actions. And yet Jonah was so isolated from God that he failed to see the storm and what was going on around his life. And if we're not careful, we can get to a place in our hearts where the circumstances that we are facing can cause us to become um, so isolated that we lose touch with reality. That we forget that there are things that matter that we must attend to. Jonah's isolation. Well, for sake of time this morning, I want to look forward to verse 6. In verse number 6, the Bible says, So um, the, the ship, uh, so the captain came to him and said, uh, Why are you sleeping? Get up and call on your God. Now, I want to say that that's the same thing that was mentioned back in verse number 2 when God said, Get up, arise, and go. We find again that Jonah has been uh, called to get up and to go to action first by God and now by the captain of the ship and the captain said who knows maybe uh, God will think about us so your God might be able to save us from perishing so there was a call to Jonah to get up and to plea but I want to look at here a faithless plea they said who knows Maybe your God can save us. They had more faith than Jonah had, but these weren't children of God. They prayed, but they asked Jonah to pray, but faithlessly. Who knows? Maybe your God can help us. We were 
began this Wednesday, this uh, Wednesday night, looking at prayer. And I encourage you to come to Wednesday night prayer meeting. And, and we're going to begin for the next several weeks looking at how to pray and what it means to pray. And I encourage you, we must learn to pray. But part of praying, as the Bible says, we should pray, believing, praying in faith. We must learn to have faith in our prayers. And their comment was, who knows, maybe your God will care enough and save us. Jonah's running from God had brought him so low <coughs> that when the ship was about to be uh, destroyed, a pagan who did not know God, who did not know Yahweh, called and said, Jonah, we're calling out to our gods, and our gods have done nothing. Jonah, maybe your God will do something. The unbelievers had more faith in Jonah's God than Jonah was even willing to assert himself. It'd be a shame today if Etowah, Athens, the surrounding town and communities, <coughs> if they had more faith than what the church has. You say, Pastor, people just don't want to go to church anymore. I don't believe that. I really don't this morning. I believe people want church. They just want it real. I wonder how many Christians, though, have turned into Jonah. where we are asleep while the storm on the outside rages. But we've hit ourselves. And the world's saying, would you get up and call upon your God? We need him. Would you call out, maybe your God can save us. I think that most people, not all, but many, have turned from God and religion and church because they just don't know what to believe. They want hope. They just don't know where to find it. Faithless, please. This apprehension by the captain, I very honestly believe that it was due to Jonah's blinded condition. Perhaps it shows a lack of confidence, which uh, may reveal that the captain uh, recognized the hardness of Jonah's heart. No doubt he had heard about the God of Israel. He had heard about this God that could do wondrous works. But when he's looking at Jonah, he says, who knows? Who knows? Then we see in verse number 7 that every man had uh, said to his fellow mate, he said, come on, let us cast lots. We will know who uh, the reason that this evil is upon us. 
The Bible says they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. There was a spiritual awareness. Verse 7 highlights the outcome of the backslidden prophet. (coughs) And here's the condition. And I dare say this is the same condition of our world today. That is that the mariner's God could not answer. And God's prophet would not speak. That's the same issue we're facing in 2022. The world has created gods out of finances. They've created God out of fame and fortune. Most of the world has created a God out of themselves. Every man is doing what is right in their own eyes. This world worships, but they worship the God of themselves and popularity. But their gods cannot answer what their heart is longing for and needs. And yet the prophet of God has failed to speak. They were aware that they were aware of their lost condition. They were aware of their need. They were aware of their hopelessness. They were spiritually aware. But God's servant lay fast asleep and said, I'm tired. I just want to get some rest while the rest perish. There was a spiritual awareness. Verse number 8. Then they said to him, tell us now on whose account has this calamity struck us? Uh, What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country and from what people uh, uh, are you? He was wanting to say, listen, they're trying to figure out uh, who it is. Uh, The lots fell upon Jonah. They know that he's the reason the problem is. But now they're asked uh, some questions here. And their questions are what they're trying to do is they're trying to determine, um, is this the God that we think it is? See, they they had gods for everything. The pagans had gods for the land and for the sea and for the stars and for the sun and for the moon and for love and for war and you name it. They had an endless supply of gods. They said, Jonah, call upon your God. They said, we think you're a Hebrew. But now they said, listen, we want to know who is this God you speak of? Where are you from, Jonah? The sad thing is, is that because of Jonah's testimony, they could not tell exactly who Jonah served. A police officer pulled a driver aside and asked for his license and registration. What's wrong, officer? The driver asked. I didn't go through any red lights and I certainly wasn't speeding. No, you weren't, said the officer, but I saw you waving your fist as you swerved around the lady driving slow in the left lane. I further observed your flushed and angry face as you shouted at the driver of the Hummer who cut you off and how you pounded your steering wheel when the traffic came to a stop near the bridge. Is that a crime, officer? 
The officer replied, no, it's not. But when I saw the bumper sticker that said, Jesus loves you and so do I, I assumed this car must be stolen. <laughs> this morning, is that our testimony? Like Jonah, Jonah said, oh, I worship the true God. We'll find that he says he is a servant of God. Matter of fact, let me in verse number 9. And the Bible says, and uh, he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I feared the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. He said, listen, I, I, he said, I want you all to know, I, I, I serve the God of heaven who's the God of the sea. He's the God of the land. He's the God of all gods. He's the God of everything. He is the one and the true God. And almost like the police officer, I can almost hear their reply. Are you sure? You serve that God? Jonah, you just said that you serve the God of the land and the sea. Then why are you on the sea trying to run away from him? It's a contradiction. It's futile that you are claiming one thing, yet you are practicing another. You say that, uh, you have a, uh, that you love God, but yet your actions. You say you fear God, but where's the proof? It was a powerless confession. He said, I fear God, yet the evidence said, no, you don't. This morning, I wonder if, if, you were, if your Christianity was set on trial and, and you were to uh, be convicted of being a Christian, is there enough evidence in your life to find you guilty of being a child of God? In Jonah's life, to the captain of the ship, the evidence wasn't there. A powerless confession. You say, Pastor, I want my family to come to Christ. I want my neighbors, I want our community, I, I, I want our county, our state to come back to Jesus Christ. Then is our confession that he is Lord of our life, is it powerless because of our lifestyle? Or is there power in our testimony because of the transformative power that Jesus has performed upon our life? Jonah's description when he said, he is the Lord of the land and the sea, it confirmed their suspicion that they were dealing with a cosmic deity of great power rather than just some local deity. Uh, Jonah had already said, listen, the God that I serve, he is not some little tiny God that, just, that you worship and that you throw money wastefully to. He said, he is the God of God. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Yet his, his very testimony proved his own actions futile. This morning, do you believe that God is the God of all? Do you believe that we serve a risen Savior? Then do we live it? 
Lastly, I want to point out that there was some precarious timing. The men feared a great fear. They were fearful for good reason. You say, why is that? Because if Jonah served the God who he claimed to serve, then they were facing something they had no control over. And now they come to a place where they recognize our gods are powerless. And thus, the timing they recognize as horrible. Jonah has finally stepped up and said, I want you to know who I serve. I serve the God of heaven, the gods of earth, the land and the sea. I serve the God of all. But now, the ship's already about to be broken. See, Jonah chose to deny God, to uh, isolate himself and say, listen, I'm just going to concern myself with me. But now his choices have placed everyone else around him, their life, in jeopardy. You say, Pastor, what are you getting at? As a Christian, as a believer, you can say, listen, I know God. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. But what about those on the boat with you? What about them? It's amazing here that when Jonah told them who he served, the Bible says, and the men became extremely frightened, and uh, they said to him, how could you do this? For the man knew that he was, the Bible says that he was fleeing from the presence or the face of the Lord because he told them. He told us, I serve God, but I'm running from him. And the men became, became very afraid, the Bible says. They had more fear of God than Jonah did. I'll close with this this morning. In conclusion, as a pastor talking about dealing with storms, what do we do? I want to be careful and make sure I clarify that not every storm you face in life is due to sin. It's not. Jonah was facing a storm due to sin. Those on the boat were dealing with a storm because of someone else. God can use storms to get our attention, but sometimes we face life and storms in life just because we live in a fallen world. I think there are three lessons we can learn. First, fear God. Don't do what Jonah did. Church, I want to tell you, it is pointless for you and I to try to run from God. There is nowhere we can go that the eyes of God cannot see. He sees all that we do, whether good or bad. He knows all. We better recognize that and fear him. 
with a righteous fear. Fear that would cause us to follow him. Second of all, let's not be powerless in our prayer, but let's pray in faith saying, listen, we don't have to say if our God, but like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know that God is able whether he chooses or not. It's up to him, but let's pray in faith believing that God is able to do. And then let's just turn to God and point others to him. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I don't know what you're facing this morning. Maybe you're here and you're facing some hardships in life right now. Maybe there's a storm going on in your own heart and soul. Maybe you walked into church today smiling, making everybody think that everything's okay, but on the inside, you're falling apart. This morning, I want you to know whether you're here in person, online, or on the radio, I want you to know that God cares for you. And as we'll find out next week in the coming weeks, when Jonah finally turned back to God, put his faith in and followed God, the storm stopped. This morning, I'm not saying that there's an easy way to stop every storm in your life, but I do believe with all my heart that if we'll come to God and put our faith in him, he'll bring us through. He'll bring us through to the other side.